Welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast presented by the Athens Limestone County Public Library. Each episode brings you into the library to meet our collection of people making an impact on the community of Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today for this podcast with local author Holly J. Gorman. Holly is a wife, a mother, and a grandmother. She holds a BS from Purdue University. Married to a handicapped retired Army veteran, she has traveled and lived many places, exposing her to a variety of culture and people. This equipped her to be creative in problem solving. Writing this is another step in her life's journey. So today she is going to talk to us about her newest book that's out called Musing My Way to Peace While Loving an Addict. And so Holly, if you'll just kind of tell us a little bit more about yourself and then kind of get started with your book. Okay. Uh, well, I'm 63 years old and I've uh, you've all kind of touched on some of that. I've been all over the world and been exposed to a lot of different cultures, which I absolutely loved. And uh, when we retired, we went back to Indiana and lived there for 20 years. And then my husband was diagnosed with a neurological problem. It's degenerative. So we decided the snow was no longer something we wanted to hassle with. So we came here to Athens, Alabama, and it's been amazing. We've been here nearly seven years now. So I consider myself a local girl. I just really enjoyed my neighborhood. It's just a really beautiful, quiet area. and It's just really welcoming. And I think Athens has been really good for us because it is a small town feel. Um, I'm a mother of two. My oldest daughter is 38 and my youngest is 36. And it was the, the younger daughter who has struggled with addiction And I'll tell you, as a mother, I think it's just natural for us to um, love and nurture our children and never see anything wrong in what they do. And um, when they were little, of course, they had their kid things going on. And you know how when you're a mom, you just start imagining, what is their life going to be like? And I picture this. And then, oh, they'll go to college and they'll fall in love and get married and have children. And you never really expect anything to put a big bump in that road. And I think that was a problem for me because um, she was trying to tell me things were going on in her emotionally. And I, I don't know that I was really listening with a critical ear that I would now. This is when she was a teenager. I'm thinking, oh, it's just teenager stuff, you know. And I'm on track with my expectation. I, I really still expect everything. It's going to just smooth out. It'll be okay. We're in church. We're, you know, we love the Lord. Everything. I've taken parenting classes. I'm well educated. I love my kids. I do my best. You know, we're told if you do your best, it'll all work out. Well, sometimes you still hit the bump in the road and sometimes the bumps are pretty big. So she graduated sixth in her class, had a full ride scholarship. She was ready to go. And then the bump came. And the summer after she graduated, uh, we had a real tumultuous time. And little did I know that we were on a very long road of addiction. And it's been 19 years. She is in recovery currently. 
and um, doing well. She is staying with a family member, and uh, she has a job, so things are okay. But I'll tell you, there are those ups and downs still that come, and 19 years is a long time. And a few years ago, she was really in a, a tough spot. And I don't know how familiar you are with the addiction process, but it seems to me that it follows a pretty similar pattern among people. You know, you have things like chaos in your life. There's always some kind of drama, trauma happening. Um, There's homelessness. There's a lot of medical things that go on. They always seem to have something with the law enforcement because... You know, you don't, you can't hold a job if you're really heavily addicted. And so you have to find financing somewhere. And there's a lot of fighting, I guess, because the, the addiction really causes emotional trauma in that person. And somebody who's not going through it, we really don't know what's happening. It's like, I don't know what you're feeling or thinking. So we have our own. And I don't know what her personal journey is. So I'm just going to speak on my personal journey. And watching someone I love that much go through that was, I mean, nothing short of devastation. And it was was a challenge for me to give her space to have her her personal things going on and me still survive enough to have my own. And it took me a really long time to come to a place where I could even give myself permission to do that. Because I was not just in survival, but I was in fix it, you know, trying to fix it mode. And, you know, I'm your mom and I can help you and I know better. And and it just, it was a very different challenge for me that I hadn't ever experienced. And then, of course, my husband was going through his medical. And uh, at that time, I had had a acoustic neuroma it's a brain tumor and so it was a lot of a lot of things happening at one time that was a a tough thing to go through a lot of anger a lot of disappointment a lot of still trying to stay on track with my expectation you know we still want college we still want you know that things are happening and you're just like very confused by what is really going on now, during this time, did you still have other children at home? Um, no. My oh. oldest daughter had graduated, and okay. she had moved out, and she's had her own struggles and different things, but she's perfectly independent and got a degree, and she's got a master's degree now, uh, ironically, in the mental health field. And so she probably used her experience to uh, her benefit, actually. So that's good. and. And I'm hopeful that one day my youngest will also use her experience for her benefit and not and not try to beat herself up over, you know, it's life. This is just part of life. So um, we moved here and away from it. So she was an adult when we moved here. And uh, so I decided, well, this is my opportunity to focus on myself. And so I really dove into that and started to investigate about meditation and philosophy and just different angles of uh, spiritual healings and therapies and and so I was learning just all kinds of interesting ways to deal with things in a very different manner than I had in the past because I was just like gritting it out before you know 
and I'm praying for her. And I'm not saying prayer doesn't work. Prayer does work, but it better works with somebody who wants it too. And they aren't always on the same page when they're steeped in addiction. So what I what I discovered for myself was I started to write. Like I had a challenge. She's always trying to pull me into her into her world. I guess I'm kind of a comfort space, but it was just something I could not could not cope with. So I had a lot of anger about it, and I was I was mad at myself. I was mad at her. I was mad at the situation. And let me tell you, that was not working. It was just making me more and more sick. So the more I discovered how to pray and meditate and really keep my mind under my authority, and I decided, well, I'm going to write my feelings. And I wouldn't say that I, I really had any end game in it. And I just started writing it. And I was on an airplane. I was going to D.C. And... She kept trying to call me. She, I want to talk to you. And I love her with my whole heart. But it's difficult for us to talk and for me to maintain my, my personal space and boundaries and values and still feel like I'm supporting her. Because I do want to support her. I, I want to be the, the mother and the loving place for her. But I have to be in a place to be able to offer that. And so I'm on the plane, and I just started writing about how my heart felt about talking to her. And after I got done, I thought, this is pretty good. It felt good to write that down. And not only did it feel good, I feel like so many other people struggle with that same, I want to talk to you, but I don't want it just to be a nonsense conversation, or I don't want to walk away thinking, well, I really blew that, or we got mad again, or I just put up the wall. So I said, I'm going to start doing this for myself. And pretty soon I had 41 different topics that I felt very strongly about. And I I felt like that they really had added to my peace, just writing them. And that really helped me to see that there is an option rather than just raging at it, whether you're raging at each other or just in your head or in your sleep, because, I mean, it does disrupt your sleep quite a bit. I have really found that I sleep much better, and it's turned it so that I can look at her in a more loving and supportive way. So the first musing that I wrote is the very first one in the book. I want to talk to you. So I I really thought that was appropriate. And I was thinking about reading that one. Yes. So keep in mind, my daughter was probably 34, 33, 34 at the time. And and I think that it's true that it's difficult for them to mature past the stage of the addiction. So she's very young in her manner and still trying to attach to me as her mother. And for me to try to have confidence in her as a grown woman. So, Talk to You is the title. I really want to talk to you, to say something, do something, communicate. When I try, it fails. You are failed. That hole, that space, that ever-longing deep in you, in all of us, you want me to fix, to fill. 
I am already there. I am you. You are me. We are we. As long as you stare into the emptiness, that's all you'll see. Emptiness. When I look at you, I see greatness, beauty, love, life. It's there. It's always been there. You must uncover it. You must see it. It's not as you'd expect. It's more. So much more. Know it. Believe it. Embrace it. I love you. And I think when I wrote that, I was really giving myself permission not to try to fix her anymore. Her brokenness can have a beauty to it. And she has to find that. No matter how much I want it, it doesn't matter. I don't affect somebody else that way. It's hers to find. So I really wanted to encourage her. Yeah, we do things. We do things we're not proud of. We do things we wish we hadn't. And I don't want her to over over worry about that. I want her to say, okay, let's start here today. This is past. It's over. It's part of who I am now. And I like who I am. And then go from there. Build from there. Wow. What were her feelings after she read this? Well, at the time that um, I finished the book and I sent her a copy, uh, she was in a rehab center. And all I got from her was, I liked it. So um, we haven't had an opportunity to really sit down and discuss the book. But I am looking forward to that. I'm a little nervous about it, too, because, you know, it's it's, um, shrouded. The addiction process is very shrouded. We're supposed to be anonymous. We're supposed to hide from it, you know, not talk about it. So I'm kind of ripping the Band-Aid off here today, and we're just going to go for it. And I really think that what is brought into the light can be, it'll be helped. So I, I really think that once she's okay with talking about it, then the healing can begin. And until we can talk about it, us as a society can talk about it, not be embarrassed by it or shocked by it or afraid of it, then we don't have to be hidden in anger and I'm inside my head fighting it out or whatever because I can talk about it with my family, with my friends. And the more we talk about it, the more educated we become. And the process then opens up to a solution. Yeah, that's very true. So each one of these, did they just come to you at different times and different places and you just sat down and, and wrote the musing that day? Yeah. Um, every morning I usually sit down and do a, a meditation and a, a devotional. And it was usually during that time. And there was usually something happening with her or in her life or something that I was reflecting on that had happened in the past that I was dealing with. So like like I said, she wanted me to talk to her. So that was a, a question I had in my own person, like, oh gosh, do I talk to her? I don't want to mess up what she's doing. You know, I seem to be a trigger. I can be a problem. I don't want to like have expectation that's different. And I will because I'm a different person. And so I didn't want to overstep. So it was different things like that. So she, you know, had the, I want to talk to you, Was that's how that one came about. And then my broken dreams, because it is difficult when you have expectation for 
your life or someone else's life and it looks vastly different than you expected. So, yeah, and so then I, I would just sit down and, you know, just muse about how that made me feel and then things would come up. And I do attend a 12-step group for family members. And so we would talk about things there and different topics would come up. And, yeah, that's how those happened. And usually it was in the morning when I'm fresh from sleeping and then the devotionals. And I'm kind of open at that time to be a bit more positive. So talk to us a little bit about the process of how you decided to get your book published, to put this out there. Kind of walk us through that and tell us how that happened. Okay. Well, the lady that I see, uh, I consider her my spiritual healer. She had published a book, and um, I thought, well, that's interesting. So I, I bought it, and of course it was awesome. So I came to the gaming here at the library, game day on Saturday, and Stephen Bates was the leader of that, and he also has published books, and I thought, I don't know, I think somebody's trying to tell me something. So I watched a lot of YouTube on how to self-publish. It's through Kindle on Amazon. So I was talking to all of them. I'm like, because I'm thinking it's super hard and it's going to terrify me. There's no way I can do this. And I'm thinking, I bet they hired somebody to do it. So I talked to my spiritual lady. She's like, no, 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 I, I did it myself. And she says, I'm quite sure you can do it. And I talked to Stephen. He's like, oh, I can help you. It's real easy. He did give me one super good piece of advice, and that was make them into PDF files. So if you're going to do one, you go on Amazon and click on the self-publishing and put your documents into your Word program under a PDF file. And I, I highly recommend it. I think everybody should publish a book. I think everybody has something wise and wonderful in their being that everyone needs to know about it. And it, it was really easy. And the, one of the things that terrified me the most about doing it was like, oh my gosh, the book jacket. I don't know how to do a binder. I don't know how to design all that. And they have a, a design element right on there, and you just fill in the blanks and pick your layout and all of that, and it was really a fun process, and it wasn't nearly as difficult as I had it made out under my head. So I definitely think everybody should try it. So do you have plans to go out into the community? And we hope to have you back here in the spring for a book signing. Um, how are people able to get in touch with you if they want you to come and talk to their groups or churches or anything like that? How do they go about doing that? Yes, uh, I know I'm taking a risk here, but it's cool. I'm going to go with it. Um, my phone number is 574-721-9008. I will not answer a call, but I will um, definitely get a text on that number. Also, on the book, there's an email address which is hollyjgorman at yahoo.com. You can contact me through that. I have books available, and they're just $10. Or you can buy it on Amazon, type in Musing My Way to Peace, and it comes up that way. Or I can send you a QR code, and it's super easy. You just scan that in with your camera on your phone, and it'll take you right to the, the element. But if you buy from me, I can sign it. And yes, I am available to speak to groups, family members, friends of people who are struggling with addiction. And I know 
I think it really is hard to understand what it's like because a lot of people that I know with well-meaning hearts, you know, they, oh, you know, you should just cut her off. And I love her. (laughs) I love her more than myself. I will always love her. So um, that's easier to say than do. Now, do we have periods where we are not on the best of talking terms? Of course we do. Um, But, you know, we still come back around to each other because we do love each other. It just makes it more challenging having the addiction in, in, in play there. And hopefully someday she'll beat it for good. But we'll see, you know. And I just feel a lot better about where we are as a mother, as a daughter. I find that doing these musings... It applies for the addiction, but it applies for everything. Because with my husband having this illness where he's getting more and more unable to do things, he's now fully in a wheelchair, and it is, it's a challenge. These are difficult things that people go through. And so it applies for that too, for me not to get frustrated in a way that I might before. I, I feel like I'm not always 100%, obviously, but at least I have that avenue to come back to a loving place. And that is how I want to be as a person. I want to be a loving individual who gives people space to have had their failures or be in the middle of a failure and still to find love and support from me as a person. Because I do believe, and I sound like Anne Frank, deep within all men's hearts, they are good. And I do believe that to be true, that people are genuinely good people. Do they make mistakes? Yeah. And then it gets embarrassing or they try to hide from it or cover it up. And if we just like open that space up so that we don't have to do that, then we can get over these things a little more easily. That's a very good point, yes. Well, I just thank you so much for coming in today and and sharing this with us and and sharing your heart. And I mean, hopefully this will reach out and touch someone because we never know what other people are going through. And and you coming and, and talking about this with us and then also being so willing to help others, I think that's just a really great thing. So that really opens up a lot of avenues. Well, I appreciate you having me in and um, I know particularly stressful time when you're dealing with uh, addiction of a family member. So my heart's with them. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And we would love to have you back anytime. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Between the Stacks, a podcast from the Athens Limestone County Public Library. To hear other recordings from our Library Voices podcast series, check out our website at alcpl.org. Library Voices is also now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.